Hello, and welcome back to the What The Fork podcast in association with Viper Goalkeeping. And then Martin O'Neill came in. Now, Martin O'Neill, some of the best times of my life was that three month when he came in, when everything just went crazy good. What was it that he changed in the dressing room that changed the form so quickly? Well, I got injured with Martin was there again. Uh, but Martin, was, he was cool. You know, he, he told you what he wanted and expected it to be done. And I think, you know, the training, we had Gups there as well. And the training was good. And we, we we were sort of enjoying it again. You know, when, when you're enjoying football and you're confident, you win games. Uh, but when you get this um, feeling that everything's down and nothing's really coming right, it's hard to pull yourself out of it. Obviously, Martin coming in, we started winning again and we went on a good spread, a good run. I think that kind of culminated in us. I think we went to City through 3-3, but it was the Middlesbrough game where you injured your knee, wasn't it, in the cup? Was it Borough? Yeah. I think it was Borough in the Cup. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was Borough in the Cup. Yeah, yeah. And and it's just niggles. I mean, I think it was my medial I did then. Yeah. Um, and obviously not having the best days because I've had ACLs on both of them at United. Everything just takes a bit longer. Um, and me as well, I always want to get back too quick as well, which doesn't help. But it's very frustrating when you are on the, the treatment table. Very frustrating when you can't contribute and there's not much which you can actually do at all, especially when you're sort of fighting around the bottom. Is it even harder when, like, well, when you were, you got injured in the Borough game, we still continued to go on like a quite a good run after that. I think we got to the, yeah. the quarterfinals of the Cup. Is it even harder when you're injured and you're out and the team's doing really successful? Not at all. No, no I think it's, it's, it's much better. The feeling's much better, believe me, because no matter what, Anyone says, uh, you know, I've always been a team player and the, the main thing's a team. I, like I said, I, I learned that bit at a very young age. You know, we've, I can help in any other way. Um, and whether that's just smiling and keeping a, a nice face around the training ground, and I'll continue to do that regardless of what I was thinking about my knee. Um, but that's just the character I am. Why do you think the, the O'Neill appointment didn't really work in the long run because it seemed perfect from a Sunderland perspective we'd waited for him for years he supported us as a kid he had a great track record started off really well and then just didn't work what What are your thoughts on why it didn't work I think ultimately you know we just wanted to be higher up in the league then we were always down there so maybe people were thinking that this this we have to try something different to, to sort of get us there but no matter what happened we was always there fighting around that bottom very frustrating especially with some of the, the, the players we did have as well along the way, um, but we just couldn't get there. So, yeah, it was difficult. It was difficult. Talk about O'Neill. Now, O'Neill seems to be quite an affable, likeable bloke that seems to have like the respect of his players and has a good track record and all that kind of stuff. He gets sacked, and then his replacement that walks in the door is Paolo Di Canio. What, what's your thoughts? If Paolo's a strong personality, straight away... I mean, his training, his training was very good, and the way, the way we did stuff, uh, he changed a lot. You know, he won some fantastic games. I mean, I still remember when he's, he's doing that slide when we beat Newcastle. Um, brilliant, absolutely brilliant to watch. But again, we just couldn't, we just couldn't get out of this situation. It wasn't. I didn't play much at the beginning of that, and it's frustrating when, you know, knowing that 
I can't help in any way. There's, there's nothing worse. And I know people think that you're not doing anything and it's a jolly and it's completely, it's honestly not. You know what I mean? But yeah, again, it was a um, difficult time for me. So, with Paolo, was his management style, and I don't mean his coaching, because I've heard his, like, his, his shape work and stuff like that was really, really good. But obviously, he had a fallout with Bardo. Kat said he didn't have a fallout with him, but he didn't, he didn't play Kat. So he kind of, his personality sort of maybe took over his coaching, and that's what people looked at. Was it as over-exaggerated, the kind of clash between him and the players? No, there was nothing. I mean, it, it is frustrating when, you know, Katz and Bardo, obviously, are not playing, because they're... they're two of our most experienced players. Um, but for, for what reason, the manager just didn't want to play him. And, um, you know, it does go through the club a little bit and you, you're half wondering exactly what's happened, um, why he's completely left out. So it's, it's very frustrating, but, you know, the manager's the manager and he ultimately decides what he wants. And, you know, it can be frustrating. I mean, Katz is a friend of mine, so is Bardo. It can be frustrating at times why the, the lads are just sort of getting left out. Um, regardless, you know, they're there to play football and we need them for the team, but he decided not to, to, to pick them. Did you ever sneak in little sachets of tomato ketchup behind his back? Um, yes, 100%. 100%. <laughs> no there was lots of things food-wise that changed. Uh, and I sort of get it. Um, I mean, I remember when we, we played in India and Rennie Mullenstein tried to change the diet a little bit to what the lads were on. And when you do it just like that, it doesn't necessarily work. You have to do it gradually. Um, but, you know, there was lots of things we weren't allowed. i tell you what, we were fit, though. The runs yeah. we used to do, we were very fit. Um, you know, we he, he made some signings and and that's when I started to get fit again and, and got back in the team, like, after one of the after one of the three seasons, and yeah, when 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 there's two, I think when there's two players like Bardo and and Cats that have sort of been, in a way, punished for whatever reason, uh, not to be involved at all. It's hard for the the squad to take, you know. So, um, but ultimately, it's the manager's decision, and you don't you don't go against the manager. Um, but it is hard when you've got two guys like that in the changing room, obviously not being themselves. With Paolo when he was there, you talked about before about his fitness levels and stuff like that. And I remember we, we were really fit, but I remember the pre-season was quite weird. We went to Hong Kong, I think. Um, and we also oh. played against two... Was it? Did we play against like two part-time Italian teams, but then no other like games apart? I think we played four games in total. Yeah, we went to Hong Kong. We played obviously the this City and Tottenham, I think. Yeah, it was. Yeah, we beat Tottenham. I think you scored the yeah. first one, I think. Um, two teams um, from Italy. One was one was decent, and the other team wasn't the best team. I think they won like nine, ten nil or something, ten one, something like that. So, um, I mean, it is what it, it it was what it was, and no matter what, I mean, I was old enough to understand that. Obviously, this game is probably not what we needed. We needed a more tougher challenge, but um, mentally, I was still fine. First six games, I think it was, we lost five, I think, through one. There's, and I've asked a few people this, the rumours of the meeting and the players just saying, look, we just can't work with this. Like, it's too much. Could you feel it 
before any alleged meeting or before you even got sacked, could you feel it that it just wasn't working and it wasn't going to be going much longer? Before we got sacked, I didn't hear anything. Um, again, a phone call to say it happened and that coming as normal and, and we're going to move on and, and obviously another manager. But I'm, I'm, I'm guessing most of it's on results. You know, I mean, Paolo is a um, an individual who... You know, what he says goes. Um, and maybe coming to Sunderland, trying to change quite a lot of things, it didn't work. I don't just mean on the football pitch. So, you know, ultimately the, the, the owners and everyone has to look at it. And they decided, I'm sure they would have looked at every aspect, not just on the pitch. Um, Handling and stuff, I mean, I don't know. I couldn't really tell you in, tell you anything guaranteed because I don't know. Was there anything that he changed at the club that you yourself individually sort of struggled with, maybe, or hadn't been used to? <laughs> the food. Uh, which, you know what? I mean, it did go a lot healthier, but we just sort of went Italian style, and I'm guessing that's what happened in most um, Italian clubs. I mean, I, I remember I spoke to a youngie a couple of weeks ago, and he said it's pretty strict like that. The way it goes to training and diet is, is yeah. pretty much strict. I mean, at the time we, and it, he changed some good, some things for the better. I mean, we all sat down together at meals for lunch. We had to wait for everyone. And then we sort of, you couldn't leave before everyone had finished. I thought that was a good thing. I think that gets a nice bond and the lads sort of going on the phones. You, you, you all talking together, it, it, you know, nice. It, it just gives every. I think it gives everyone more of a relaxed feeling in general. Um, we did get told what to eat, which was frustrating at times. Other than that, I mean, I think it's pretty much normal in most sports. Um, and it didn't bother me too much, if I'm being quite honest. Do you think if Paolo, rather than... Because everyone I've spoke to that played under him at Sunderland have said, first thing they said, his coaching was good, like, his coaching was all right. Like, literally every person I've spoken to, Seb, Matt Kilgallen, yourself now, uh, even Phil Bosley, really, as far as I remember. But do you think if he just relaxed his kind of almost like my way or the highway stance, he'd actually be quite a good manager? Because there was... There was even though he lost a lot of games with us, there was elements there at the beginning where you thought, well, he, he's got something. Like, we actually had a decent shape. I think it was against Everton, Newcastle. The players seemed to respond to it. The players were fit. But do you think if he just engaged with the players a little bit more as opposed to having my way or the highway, he could have maybe had a bit more of a successful time in his managerial career? I mean, I think you can say that, but ultimately, you know, you're the manager you want to be. Um, and if that's the way you want to be, that, that's it. I don't think you can sort of change that. And obviously it didn't work at Sunderland the way he was trying to do it. And like I said, I'm very laid back, so I didn't let it get to me as much, just the food. Yeah. Um, but other than that, it's, it just wasn't working. Do you know what I mean? And Yeah. And it's, and you don't question things like that. I mean, I've left Sunderland. I can't, I couldn't even tell you now whether it was six, seven or eight managers that I had. In five seven. years, it's a joke. <laughs> seven to be exact. Seven, isn't it? Yeah. I keep going. Give me a second. Da, 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 da. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that ultimately in itself got a bit weird. That's probably the weirdest thing how many managers we had because, and you just can't, I can't figure out why. Surely someone's got to get, a, even if it's not going right, they've got to stick to a, a person, but, you know, it just, just didn't quite work like that. Big one for me, um, and obviously I've spoke recently in, in depth to them about his spell here, it's Gus Poyet. Um, Poyet came in 
and for the first time ever, it just kind of felt like we had some kind of semblance of a, an idea and a plan and a structure from the even from the youth team sort of upwards because he he had that kind of possession based style football that he wanted to play and he, he tried to implement it on the youth team as well. Again, it, it didn't work out. But um, going back to when he first came in, what was it that just changed that like changed the atmosphere in the dressing room and got us all the way to like basically a cup final and the great escape? Yeah, Gus was brilliant. The, the way the way he played was honestly, mate, it was brilliant. It's, it's, it's that's how you you want to play. And uh, we brought in Charlie Otway as well. He was brilliant as a coach. Uh, I don't know if you've met him, but he's a character. So straight away there was lots of love there um, from everyone, and and you know it worked many a times when we were playing. But then ultimately we'd make a mistake somewhere. Um, I mean, you can watch Man City now. They will not stop doing it, but someone will make one mistake. And when they make that mistake, that means the opponents are getting an opportunity to score. Yeah. Our problem was we probably made a few more mistakes than Man City did. <laughs> um, <laughs> one or two. <laughs> and yeah, but you, so ultimately, we get punished for it. And it was a nightmare because, you know, we could be playing really well in games, getting chances, not necessarily scoring all the time. Then they would go down, and we'd make one mistake and score. Now that was becoming a trend, and it was it was hard to understand and why we was in this, why it was happening, because we weren't necessarily playing that bad. I mean, even the times we got out of trouble. I mean, I was lucky enough to say that we didn't actually go down when I was there, but it was it's been coming. It had been coming, hadn't it? You know, I yeah. mean, no matter what it says, it's there. We've had some. We put a few good performances together near the end of a few seasons to, to get us out of it, but it was always there. And it's frustrating um, why it was always it got to that point. With uh, <laughs> the start of Gus Boyd's campaign, now I, I was looking back through like memorable West Brown moments at Sunland, and two of them bizarrely really stuck out for me. Uh, Stoke away, um, you put in this perfectly good tackle. <laughs> Too aggressive. I said, but I didn't touch him. I said, how can it be? And he said, oh, you're running in too quick. I said, so you want me to slow down to get to the ball so he can nick it past me? He goes, well, yeah, it's just um, too aggressive and you, and you caught him. I said, I didn't catch him. Anyway, I know Charlie, anyway. We had a few ways. Charlie Adam. That's right. Yeah, yeah, it was Charlie Adam. But th- you, that got rescinded, didn't it? I think it got rescinded within like a day because it was... That, that's the point. Yeah. So we always knew it was going to get rescinded, but the manager went so crazy because it's not that that wasn't the point. One, I shouldn't have been sent off because no one's checked anything properly. But two, okay, it will get rescinded, but not in this game. There was still a long, there was still a bit to go. You know what I mean? So just frustrating, frustrating, mate. I don't, I don't normally. But I snapped in that one. I think. Yeah. Well, I think I think we all did. I think I remember watching it back. And I remember that they analysed it on match of the day and they were just like, well, he's, he's won the ball. I mean, you literally didn't even put a, a finger on him. And won the ball. That's yeah. I don't um, And I, it's funny, I know the, the, the games, the, the rules have changed a bit, but I always used to say, if I get to the ball first and I'm sliding, that's up to you if you want to slide with me. <laughs> Simple as that. <laughs> There's no way, he, I know Charlie anyway, he wouldn't have wanted to go in a 50-50 with me there. But obviously, he's just played like he's got I proper took him out of my studs, which is frustrating because at the end of the day, it is cheating, no matter if I know him or not. So, it's little things like that just kept happening. Talking about red cards that you had as well, you think that's a bizarre red card. You're never going to get a more bizarre red card, and and then you then you actually did. 
John O'Shea, I think, commits a foul. Referee sends you off. What happened? Yeah, I mean, obviously, a bit of screaming at the beginning. But when we're actually talking to the ref as he's trying to get everyone away, I said, ref, it wasn't me. And he's going, it was, it was. And Shay's went, no, it was me. And I always remember him saying, he, he goes, he, he sent me off. But then we were saying, it, you know, it, was, it wasn't. I was, I didn't say it was Shay's. I just said it wasn't me. I, the ref's got to deal with it how he has to deal with it. So then Shazy said it was me. And he said to Shazy, you go off. And he said, no, you didn't send me off. <laughs> so he got a bit. And then eventually the ref just went, I don't care. You, I've sent you off. And I was, I was standing there thinking, is anyone going to get involved there? Obviously, the ref, the ref. Um, so obviously walking off. And I remember just laughing because I don't, I don't snap or I don't really show my feelings. But I was just like, what is happening here? Um... So, yeah, it's just a nightmare in that sort of sense. And I'm sure it's happened to everybody in this career somewhere along the way. Just that mine happened, uh, most of mine happened near the end of mine. Twice in one season. I think it was like months apart as well. It was bizarre. Um, yeah, up against Norwich as well, which was my own fault. That was just pure frustration. Just before uh, Christmas, that, wasn't it? Yeah, I think we were drawing 1-1 and obviously there was about a minute left. It's so sad. And I, remember, I can't remember who the, the lad was, but I remember him picking up the ball. Someone played the ball into the corner flag. Um, sorry, down the line. And he's first to the ball and I was running to him. And he run to the corner flag and it really frustrated me that it's 1-1 and he's running to the corner flag. And they're in trouble as well. And, I always, and he was looking at me as I'm coming in and I just lost the plot for a second. And when he didn't look, I've just gone, I've sprinted. And as I've just slid, he's had a look and moved the ball and got sent off. And I, it was the most stupidest thing I probably did uh, because I let the lads down on that one. And I didn't do it often, but that one really got to me a bit. It's a frustrating time, though, if I remember then, because it looked like we were probably going to go down because it was, I think it was like December's time. It was just before Christmas, I think, actually, if I remember rightly, just before. Um, Put a bit of disguise on everything, didn't it? <laughs> With um. Yeah. You know, with Gus Poyet and stuff like that, I think when I was speaking to him, I asked him about that kind of style of play that he had and how he did implement it and implement it so fast. And the answer he gave to me, he says, look, I can implement that. He's like, but I have to have the players need to buy into it. He's like, what they need to see is that it works. They get results on the pitch. When they get those results on the pitch, then they start buying into it and then they start believing in it. You'd obviously played a certain wave with Manchester United for years, and then you get like four managers in about six months or whatever it was. Um, Gus comes in and wants to start implementing that style of play. As a player, what is it that makes you start believing in a certain style of play? Is it results and things like that, or do you start believing that if you see it working on the training pitch and you you think, yeah, you know what, this is the right thing to do? When it does work, we can see working with it. Some of the best teams will play like that. Um, obviously, a lot of foreign teams will do it. But if you get it right, it does actually work. There's space all over. Um, but ultimately, you need the players to be able to do it because he is, every now and again, a tricky ball. People have to be confident taking the ball. Uh, you can't lose it in certain positions because it's basically a counter-attack straight away because you've got players all over in space. Um, and in training, it was brilliant the way Gus used to do it with us because you'd get out. You know, The team that were doing it would get out of trouble. They'd get out. They'd be, it'd be in a nice way. And before you knew it, you were sort of in their, their half and in their third looking to make an opportunity. So it did work. I think, obviously, when we got on the pitch, it was a little bit more difficult because obviously you've got the fans there now. And if you make one mistake at the beginning doing it, everything goes to pot. Everything. Yeah. Because you can't, 
you can't teach um, confidence. You can't that that if you it's there or it's not. Now it could have been me if I give a ball away. No matter what, that next time I'm panicking on doing that. And I always remember Pontellman as well in that he wasn't the best with his feet. If you remember, now he was part of this. No, but he was part of it. And at times you'd have to pass to you'd have to pass the key because that was all part of that extra man sort of making a space. And he didn't want he didn't he didn't you know he didn't really want to do it because he he wasn't that good and he would say that as well. So it didn't really work. What I'm trying to say is with the, with the team we had. Do you think that's why Vito came back in eventually? Because Vito obviously came back in under Allardyce as opposed to Poyet, but do you think that's why Vito eventually came back in? Because he was a little bit more handy with his feet, which I think you need to be in the Premier League. Yeah, maybe. And it's frustrating. I mean, it's, I mean, I've, even my, my United career, I've always been in and out. I'd have some regular seasons and then I, I would be sub a lot and then come in and out. And it wasn't a problem to me, but keepers are different breeds. Do you know what I mean? They're very different breeds. So um, if you've been in for a while and come out, they, they take it a little bit, well, it is personal, but they take it different. Um, and obviously, Vito comes back in and starts playing fantastic, to be fair. And he works hard, Vito, as well. Yeah. Um, and he, he did well for us when he did come in. But obviously, um, he's got, Pontellerman's going to be, he's going to be frustrated then. You know what I mean? So it's a shame, but it's like you could ask any team, football's like that. You know, players are going to get in and players are not. And people are going to be upset. And you're never going to change that. As it was with the first season with Poyet, some of the, I'm going to, as I said, some of, they are the best memories I've had as a Sunderland fan. Far none. Like, it was just the, the best time. Like, 2014 was brilliant and the whole run. Um, Gus said something else as well about how on the pitch, people started becoming friends. Like, they'd back each other up, they'd become friends. Now, you and John O'Shea were obviously friends before you came to Sunderland. But what was the team spirit like during that period where you got to the semi-final, you got to Wembley in the Great Escape? Was it, like, one of the better dressing rooms you've been in with Sunderland? Yeah, of course. I mean, it was a... Me and Shays used to talk, and it was a time when we're thinking, we're doing so well. But we've got all these games in hands, and you're thinking, <laughs> they don't necessarily mean three points, you know what I mean? And at one point, I'm sure we were four more games in hand than everyone else. and it. And everyone's catching, or we've just now gone in the bottom, but we'll be all right. Because everyone kept saying, we'll be all right, we've got four games in hand. And I kept saying to Shays, are these games in hand? And they're not guaranteed points, so do you know what I mean? But the run we went on was, was brilliant. I mean, that, that was a team spirit. And obviously, it started from Gus and Charlie. Charlie was brilliant with us. You know, the way he got us going in the morning, um, the, the, you know, the team meals we had, um, everything was, was perfect. And it was the right blender. Sort of a blend that you know you can get at Man United, where doesn't when you're in training, everyone's friends and you understand your job, and we're going to do it all together. We're going to help each other. At United, you didn't necessarily have to tell anyone that it was just normal, um, but that's the sort of feeling that sort of come back into it. What are your memories of the semi-final at Old Trafford? Yeah, brilliant. I mean, how we how we went to penalties when we've just scored, I don't know, but. Uh, I was going to swear then, but yeah, Cheetah just nicking it at the end. Feel free. To win there, really. <laughs> I always remember the celebration in the um, changing room as well. I've got two bags of ice on me and he's thinking, oh, didn't need that extra time. But um, fantastic to obviously go for on penalties and get us to, to a final that we've not been to too many a year. So um, great achievement from the lads as well. And, you know, the final wasn't meant to be. I thought we started very well. But ultimately, I'm still not sure if he shot, but ultimately, uh, it was a tough task to, to beat that City team um, because we were, they penned us down for a long time. 
um, basically playing the same way that they play as well. But listen, they've got better players than us and it was as simple as that. Talking about the games you've played in, we've talked on a couple of Champions League finals, talked about loads of big games you've played in for Man United. And maybe I'm biased, but that League Cup final with Sunderland, from an experience perspective, yeah, we lost it. And the, the semi-final at Old Trafford, yeah, we lost it. But where does that rank sort of in your career because of the atmosphere and the experience that the fans sort of, sort of give to the whole element of the, the game? Yeah, it's a tough. I mean, I've been in, so, I've been in many finals. Uh, I think it meant a lot in the sense that we're in a final with, with Sunderland and they're not Man United. You know, we've, We've come here, we've worked hard together, we've battled together. Um, you know, we've also done it for the fans as well. We were absolutely fantastic. And it was just a great achievement in that sense. That, you know, we weren't world-class players. We were a team from Sunderland who were putting all this hard work, getting led by Gus. Um, and I always throw Charlie in there as well. We stood it, we understood what he wanted from us. And... Like you said, everyone bought into it and we had some fantastic times doing it. And obviously, when I look back now, getting into that final was a difficult to do. Um, and it's a great achievement from us, especially the position we were in the league as well. Against the better teams, I'm telling you, it was so <laughs> frustrating. So frustrating. Because as it was. Come off and we've got, we played excellent today. We've won 1-0 or whatever. But then we'd play someone who's around us and I don't know, we just made I, I always go back to concentration. That's It's all up there. It's all concentration. Now, if you're not concentrating, then you're going to make mistakes. And against the good teams, you don't necessarily need concentration because you know you have to be on your game or you want to do well or you want to, you know, people want to score the, um, at the big stadiums and against big teams. But yeah, I think concentrators let us down quite a lot um, playing the teams around us and got a little bit nervous. Do you know the great escape, how that came in place? Do you think that was always the potential that that side had, sort of prolonged over six to seven games? Or do you think it was just, as Gus said, just one of those miracles where things just worked out? It is one of the miracles, but I'm telling you now, not one of us lads thought we were going to go down. Not one of us. And that, I think if a few of you, if a few of you do, then, then, you, then it's a problem. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? That can then going to other players and that, but not one of us, not one of us ever said, listen, lad, we're struggling here. It's, let's, come on, we know we can do it. We've done it against the best. We've got to keep going no matter what. Give it everything. Let's do it for, for the, for the, for the whole team. Let's do it for the, the staff. There's someone that's asked quite a funny question here and I don't know if you can answer it, but I'll try it anyway. Um, what's it like going from Ronaldo to Rodwell? <laughs> <laughs> it don't matter. I mean, it's uh, they're all footballers. Aren't Jack's a good lad, and what's ever happened to Jack over his playing career? I mean, no one quite knows because he, you know, at Everton he was good. You know, coming through, young player, City didn't play as much, but you know, he he was in training. He was he was really good, mate. Big big tall lad, left right foot. So again, not quite sure what, what happened with um, Jack, but. Um, he was a good lad, though, you know. But it is, it is a shame because we, we, we've we all seen the potential from when he was at Everton, obviously then getting his move and then coming to, to, to Sunderland eventually. And it, it just didn't quite work. Um, injuries, probably, well, a lot worse than mine, actually. And I thought mine were bad in my old age. But um, it just didn't quite work. And it's, um, you know, there was games maybe when we thought, 
because he's been training, he might be able to get involved in, but he just didn't quite work. I'm not one to go up to one of the lads and say you've got to, you've got to play. You know, he's got to realise that for himself. Um, yeah. Because he, he, I'm sure he wasn't doing it just saying I don't want to play. I'm sure he, he did have problems and um, along the way. But it is what it is. And, you know, if, if someone's injured and they say they're injured, there's nothing you can do because I've been injured. I've been in that situation and then there's nothing worse than feeling that you're letting the team down. Um, so... Talking about the season with Gus, it, it, it fell off the rails a little bit. Obviously, the Southampton game and stuff like that. But how much of that do you think was losing all the players that we lost? Because I didn't realise how many we'd actually lost. But you had Bardo, you had Key, you had Callback, you had Marcus Alonso, Barini didn't come back. You were taking basically six players out of the team and replacing it with people that, as Gus said himself, you have to then get them to buy into the what they did the year previously. Um, do you think that was a big reason why we didn't progress the season afterwards? It's hard, yeah. And obviously that, that game was frustrating for me. I got took off and I didn't think I was the worst player on that case. I still say that to Shazer. But, um, you know, I think the, the manager sort of did it as a, you know, it doesn't matter who you are, I can take you off sort of thing. So I've got no problem with that. But yeah, it took a while to get back into it. And, and that game dropped a lot of confidence, mate. And um, it wasn't a good feeling for a good while after that. You think it changed the atmosphere around the club as well, that 8-0 defeat? I think getting beat 8-0 at any time does, yeah. you know. True. It's the first time I've ever got beat 8-0 and it, it wasn't good. Looking at the few months that led after that, though, probably one of the best moments in my life and hopefully one of the best moments in your career as well. We went to St. James's Park and uh, scored a last-minute winner. Uh, enjoy the night. What are your memories of that? that? Was I went home. I went straight straight to my great home. But yeah, I mean, it was fantastic, isn't it? Um, and then obviously that that was a big start to the run that we had with many years to come um, afterwards. But fantastic. You know, we knew how important the game was now. I've been there a while. Fans, the club, we all needed it. And I tell you what, just, just one win like that can lift everything. Just like that, like a flip of a switch. So it was very important that we did win, but to do it in that sort of way we made it even better I think I think when I watch the highlights back it's quite funny because there's a Newcastle fan that's filmed it and you can see the goal go in but the first thing you see is you kind of celebrating like that with your arms like wide out and kind of spinning away and it's just like Poyet's in the corner with his hands up yeah what, what a day that was unfortunately for Gus things went a bit south around like sort of the March time give or take big advocate took over that was short-lived that didn't really work and then big sam comes in which is kind of around maybe around i think it was your last season actually you both more or less left at the same time he went to england and i think you went to blackburn but big sam it genuinely felt like that was the first time someone were actually going to be like right okay this is not going to be just a great escape we're going to go on and we're going to do well i know he didn't play under big sam as much i know he went with uh Kone and Kabul as opposed to like yeah. maybe you and Shazy, but did you enjoy working under Big Sam? Yeah, I'll start with Dick first. Dick was brilliant, you know. He was really, really, he's got so much um, knowledge. Obviously, the team he's managed. But when Sam, I'm not, I've known Sam as well for many years. Um, listen, this is the point where I know I'm not going to play much at all, probably again. You know, this is definitely my last season. Uh, got on very well with Big Sam. You know, he was brilliant with the lads. And Coney was fantastic then, if I remember right. He, uh, he was... He was doing really well for us, him and Shazer. Was it Shazer? It was yeah, Kabul. Kabul. 
Oh, Kabul. Yeah, sorry, yeah. yeah Kabul. I mean, what a god he is, Kabul. I mean, I tell you what, on his, on his, when he's fit, Kabul's unbelievable, you know. Um, and they, hey, I remember them, them two scoring some goals as well to get us out of a bit of trouble. But yeah, they were, um, they were doing really well. Good partnership, solid, big, strong, exactly what Sam likes. You know, powerful, fast. Um, and they and he did well for us. And me and Sam have always got on well and there was no problems at all um, with myself and him. Um, I still speak to him to this day. A lot of people look at him as like a direct uh, one manager, but he's actually got a lot of sports science and stuff behind it that goes with his, his players, doesn't he? He's, he's actually really, really clever and really, really in touch with that yeah, stuff. Not, don't be silly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't, don't be silly. And that, that, that's basically it's just common sense. So yeah, I mean that, that's what Big Sam's always had results off, and he got the results with us. So I suppose after that, you know, the season ended as it was. Everything looked perfect and rosy and brilliant. Kabul, Kone playing fantastic. Sam Allardyce, the manager, the four up front. Everything's perfect. Uh, Sam Allardyce gets called up for England and Sunderland fall through the divisions. But as it was, you were probably lucky in, in some senses to, to get out at that point. Um, and you went towards Blackburn, but then you went to as Kerala Blasters, is that correct? India. What was that experience like? You know what? I've not, obviously, I've always been in England. So when it, the opportunity came, and the first thing I asked Rennie Mullenstein, who's the manager, is listen, how many games is in that? I'm not sure I'll get, I'm not sure I'll be able to play all the games. Because I just didn't know. Because if you if wouldn't have said any more than 30, I'd have been like, I'm not sure. But it was like 18 games. That's the season, not many teams. Um, they also told me that we're trying to get Berber. I, I, mean, I still play with my mates now, even though I honestly cannot walk up the stairs on the way back. Um, because my, my knees are just, they just swell up. But um, I've always said, as long as I can play, I will try and play. And I had a really good experience out there. Completely different to England, by the way. But um, I'm so happy I went there. I made lots of friends there as well. Um, the weather was beautiful. If anything, too hot. Yeah. Um, the games were good. The games were good. I always felt the games, even though I wasn't as fast anymore, obviously, I was very experienced in the game. So just seeing things, picking things off. So I had, you know, quite a good few games when I was over there. So, and because of that, you, you enjoy it. Final question. And it's a good question. And it wasn't one by me. Someone asked it via Twitter. And I want one from Man United, one from someone because you were there for a long time. But the most underrated player from the, the time that you were playing at United, one from them and one from Sunderland, who was the most underrated? Oh, United was a good one. I tell you, he was very underrated, Mikel Silvestre. Yeah, great defender. Yeah, there was times when he was phenomenal. So if we're going on defenders. I'll go in midfield um, for United. Um, I go Johnny Evans as well. Love Johnny Evans. I say striker wise, who would I say? I didn't think we, we didn't get the best out of Louis Saha. He was unbelievable in training, mate. Like, really, really good in training. Sunderland, I'll go with. I used to love, I say Duncan as a young lad, Duncan Watmore. I know he's had some serious injuries now, though, with his ACL, so, and that's such a shame. Yeah. But when I was, the day was just coming through and he could, and don't get me wrong, people used to say he was just fast, but he wasn't. He had a good brain on him, you know what I mean? Um, I'd also go with, he was clever. David Vaughan. 
he was technically very gifted, mate. He was um, good midfielder on his day. Quite player, and I still text him every now and again. But he was a good lad. Kraken, Wes, that was dynamite, mate. Thank you very much. Top man, mate. Appreciated.